Welcome to this week's Henchmen of Comics. I'm Alex Eschback. And I'm everybody's pal, Matt Golden. And this week we are talking about the sci-fi series Krypton. Yes, it is on sci-fi. And it is uh, about the wonderful story of Superman's grandpa. Yes, as you all know, everyone's favorite DC character, Superman's grandfather. Yeah, uh, so you know it's going to be just laugh a minute, just nothing but thrills. So let's go ahead and, and kick this son of a bitch off, starting with the first couple scenes of this wonderful television show and i will say to spoilers uh we'll actually be talking about the first two episodes originally we we're going to do the pilot but i was gone for a week and so now lucky you guys you get to hear our thoughts on both episodes that have aired oh yeah so i guess at the end of the episode i'll ask you about your trip and see if you did anything cool but uh before i waste anybody's time uh make sure you skip the last two or three minutes of the podcast because we'll might talk to alex for a minute there okay so this Wonderful, excellent show starts off with, uh, I guess, Superman's great great grandfather uh, basically being uh, sentenced to death in front of Superman's grandfather and Superman's great grandfather. Yeah. yeah, this is a family affair here. Uh, so, my first thought is why is there a child at a trial for, you know, a death sentencing? Look, Kryptonians have very strict moral punishments. If you're going to punish the family, and you're going to banish them, or banish their house, the child needs to see it happening. It's it's great indoctrination. It didn't work. In fact, it only uh, steal the resolve of Segel, the, the protagonist. Yeah, it kind of works to the opposite effect here. So clearly, like I said, this is a dumb move. Uh, but they, they kind of double down and say, all right, we're going to sentence you to death in front of your family, and then we're going to go ahead and kill you in front of your family. Which my favorite part is... Right after they murder Superman's great great grandfather in front of his, you know, extended family, like we've gone on and said, uh, the dad literally says absolutely nothing to the child, and the mom just says, "Shh, be quiet," and that's that's it. Yeah, as you, as grandpa's dead, you need to keep him in line. This is not a moment to show emotion. What the fuck is happening? I will. That say is that my that, opening thoughts and that show. scene. The verdict is delivered down by. Darren Vex, who looks to be the early antagonist in the series, but in this moment, as he's putting this judgment, he's talking about how they know, how they worship Rao, who is the god, and there's this creepy guy behind him on a raised pedestal, wearing like, a, has like a multi-faced gold mask that's almost featureless, that looks really creepy. He hasn't done much of anything, we just know that he's the voice of Rao. It looks kind of like they just welded three uh, golden helmets from... Um... Game of Thrones together. Like, they just, like, found some leftover props. Yeah, and even through the second episode, we have no idea what his intention is. Uh, Raul is a sun god. Superman is very much, gets his powers from the sun, so that's kind of an interesting callback. And Supergirl, at least in the CW series, I believe, mentions Raul also at some point this season. So it's a nice callback to the or Superman, but it's a nice little menacing threat that we're not sure where that's going to play. All right, from there we fast forward, like... 18 years into the future. Now we got a, a hunk, Superman's grandfather. Just an absolute hunk who gets into a bunch of bar fights. Uh, I think over the first two episodes, he gets into like eight or nine fights. Just because that's what he does, I guess. 
I also like about like every like sci-fi series is that the pilot episode there'll always be a bar scene. I feel like for whatever oh, reason, yeah. like the protagonist is like always in some scummy bar getting in some fight. Uh, this is no no exception. Although I will say, this is kind of where I, I mean, even though it's the real first like introduction towards Segal, I thought it was a great introduction to his character being the smarmy punk like that matt said that always has a response to something always has to run his mouth so you mean he's exactly like captain kirk i mean that is exactly the vibe i got like this was the reboot of star trek but on a much (laughs) smaller budget yeah i feel like the character kind of changed a bit in the second episode like they made it a little more serious a little bit more grim Uh, well some of his humor oh yeah uh can we get into why or should we save no, you can go ahead and get to the moment that changed him. Uh, this show has an absolute hard-on for killing people <laughs> in front of their family. So at the end of this episode, um, I'm not even going to go into why it happens, but Superman's grandfather's dad is murdered in front of him at a tribunal for his mother, who is then murdered in front of him as well. So this is just a bunch of murder in front of this poor child. Yeah, I was surprised that they uh, that it happened that quickly. They killed uh, three family members of Superman in the opening episode. And I thought it was kind of nice because the person that plays Superman's great, great, no, just great grandfather mm-hmm. uh, is a face people are familiar with. He's been in Sherlock. He plays a detective that they work with in Sherlock. Uh, Superman's great grandmother. It's been a bunch of things like Tombstone, but more recently she was in Ray Donovan playing Abby on there as well. So it's actors that people are familiar with, so you might not necessarily expect them to die off in the pilot episode. So that the casting wise made it a little, a little bit unexpected for me. Yeah, it was absolutely fucking bizarre. So let me start talking about the rest of the episode. Oh wait, I had to watch it twice because I literally in the beginning of the first episode, after all the death happens, I get so bored that I forget what I'm doing and I start cleaning. <laughs> I start organizing my uh, comic book in. Uh, vinyl shelf downstairs and I just totally lost track of what I was doing and watching. I got so fucking bored because it's so much lame dialogue and so much bullshit. Shame that murder couldn't keep you around. Well, I was satiated by the murder. I was hook, line, and sinker that first three minutes. And then after that, literally nothing happens. You have a very stereotypical bar fight and then a bunch of random shit happens. Yeah, I there's... A love interest story that also, at least, Sega calls it off in the second episode, but I'm pretty sure it'll play out toward the end. Whoa. Are you are you telling me there's a love interest in this sci-fi show? And they gave it the twist that the woman that Sega is dating and sleeping with on the slide because she's from a house that hasn't been banished like the elves have. Her last name is Zod, so that, of course, infers that she is the, I guess, grandmother of General Zod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she gets, um, she gets down with somebody. So, I mean, they it's kind of like the same thing like you saw in Smallville, how Lex and Clark were friends for a long time. They're playing that unusual connection. You're like, oh, I know what's in f- store for these two descendants. Yeah, really uh, lighten the path for some creativity down the line, I'm sure. So, you said you were bored and you started cleaning. Was there a moment ever that pulled you back in? Uh, when they murdered his parents at the end and actually, so I, I went back and rewatched the episode cause I was like, Oh, I have to talk about this shitty episode for, you know, 45 minutes with Alex. So let me go back and see if there's anything else cool that I can get from it. Nope. 
literally nothing else like had my interest. There's like some douchey sidekick who helps him along at the bar. There's uh what's his name from the future? Adam Strange. Adam Strange. There we go. Um, is that who? Who's Adam Strange, Alex? Adam Strange is awesome. Uh, okay, cool. Adam Strange nailed it. Thank you for the description. Is a uh, obviously a DC character. Uh, he was used in Grant Morrison's JLA run. He's had a few story owns of his own. Fifty two also used Adam Strange very well. He normally has a blaster. Uh, in the comics, he's an archaeologist. They made a throwaway line that this Adam Strange dropped out of college after studying archaeology for a year. He can travel through time and space. And like it says in the show, it's a little bit unpredictable. So he's not the most reliable hero, but he does have an ability that a lot of the, uh, that most of the DC characters lack. So he's like an unreliable Indiana Jones. Yeah, basically. But space Indiana space. Jones. He's yeah. space Indiana Jones, but unreliable. Okay, I get it. Um, but yeah, like I said, the only other part that drew me in at the was the end of the episode where they murdered the rest of his living family in front of him. I actually enjoyed all the scenes with Adam Strange. Uh, I thought he provided some nice levity. The Mysterio, I loved his initial costume wearing the hoodie with the Detroit Tigers hat. I thought it was a nice throwaway line when Segal thought that the D on the Tigers hat was a crest, a family crest symbol. I also loved that when Strange had to dress like everybody else in Candor, that he was remiss to let go of his hat as well, too. Yeah, thank God that shitty-ass Detroit Tigers hat is gone. Can somebody get that guy a Cardinals hat already? Jesus Christ, what's wrong with this show? It's a mess on all ends, Alex. <laughs> Uh, he should have wore a Blue Jays hat. Uh, there is no place for baseball in Canada. It is America's pastime. Hey, it's actually opening day when we're recording this. Yeah. Uh, do you know if your team won or last not? Last I saw, they were down 2 nothing to the Yankees. Yeah, uh, my team was down as well last I saw. But it was only the second inning. So, who knows? Maybe they pulled it off. Well, And, and no, they did not. <laughs> well, and luckily, opening day means so much. Because the baseball season is so short. Yeah, all these early games are really going to make a huge run come October. Yeah, somebody texted uh, this group text I'm in today and said, oh, yeah, I'm sorry for all you comic book fans who are like, why are we talking about baseball? Somebody was like, oh, yeah, opening day. I was like, it is literally the most useless day in all of sports. Anywho, getting back to uh, Krypton here. So I'm guessing that you are not going to watch, keep watching the show. Man, let me tell you, I am actually kind of excited to see what Brainiac is and does on this show. Because that's all they do the entire time is tease Brainiac and you have a close-up look at his face in episode one. And at the end of episode two, um, again, of course, spoilers. If you're still listening, you're an idiot. You already said spoilers. Uh, at the end of episode two, they're like, Brainiac's already on the planet. So hopefully he's around the fucking corner yeah. to liven some shit up. I, thought was, I like that Brainiac is a hidden antagonist this season. We did get to see his face for a brief moment. Uh, it looks kind of like the design that Jeff Johns had for Brainiac during his 2005 run. Not like the giant pink robot floating in like a metal fortress, but that more modern, like kind of scary adaptation too, which I think plays a nice little subtle horror element to the show. Now, have you actually seen the the Brainiac, what he actually looks like in the show? Have you seen the, the photos of it? No, I just saw the image from the pilot episode. It's too. fucking awesome. Brainiac looks scary and badass. It's fucking cool. He looks really, really cool. So I, I have and, want to stick around just to see that. But at the same time, I don't know how much more of this shitty show I can put up. Well, with. it's interesting, too, because the Kryptonians don't have superpowers, obviously. Because Superman gets power from Earth's red sun. Yeah. 
So, and how do they stop, uh, and like an unrelenting force like Brainiac? Obviously, it's an earlier form of Brainiac, not as powerful as when Superman faces off against him. But you'd still imagine, I mean, in the show, they say that he's destroying planets. So it's hard to imagine how the Kryptonians are going to stop him at all. And you just made up a good point that I think a lot of people don't know. Uh, back in the, on the, on their home planet of Krypton, there's no fucking superpowers. You just get shot and you're fucking dead. You don't have anything special about you. You're just Joe fucking Schmo. Yeah, they they are technologically an advanced race, obviously. I mean, because yeah. Clark got sent on a shuttle to Earth. But it's they're a caste system society to where the houses are the upper crust. Pretty much real things. And they have their dregs and they have their police force who goes and patrols the dreg, basically abuses them. So Yeah, so let's take a quick moment to focus on what Alex just said. So they are a technologically uh, hyper-advanced civilization, uh, but they're slaves. Basically, is is sort of what it boils down to, which to me does not scream technologically advanced and like hyper society, but eh, maybe it's just me. It's not an enlightened society. It's it's. I mean, it's it just says to me that people who got the power kept the power and put down those that that they could. See, I I just don't get why people do that, Alex. Can you explain (laughs) why people do that? (laughs) Uh, Well, because obviously they didn't listen to the voice of Rao. Who okay. never speaks, but he's there. Okay, Ever so... Ever present in his gold mask. <laughs> I think it's a mask. It might be his actual face. But I, also, that's a oh thing, too. Oh, my God. I hope that's his face. Just that about, gold thing. Matt mentioned how they don't have powers. Also, currently, with the Kryptonians, is they don't believe that there's other planets or life on other planets out there. And that's part of the reason why Segel's grandfather was sentenced to death was because he was proving them wrong, that there was life on other planets and potential threats coming to destroy Krypton, too. Yes. So it's a very isolationist lifestyle. What do you think of, like, the um, the atmosphere of the show? Like, the planet, the background? Visually, I think it looked a lot like Krypton kind of did during the during Man of Steel. Really? Because so, I thought it looked like a bunch of leftovers from Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> well, I love Battlestar Galactica. So Battle- Battlestar Galactica is fucking great. Um, this is not Battlestar Galactica, though. This... Uh, David S. Goyer was one of the writers on the teleplay for this. He also wrote Man of Steel. So I think that's where some of the influences come from. Uh, um, do you want to talk about uh, the best part about Man of Steel where Kevin Costner just decides to die for six hours? Because I have so many bones to pick with that. Anyways, let's keep going. Yeah, we're lucky we don't have a podcast back here. We probably just did an hour on that scene alone. Oh, yeah. like, Oh, we're going to talk about Man of Steel next time. But today we're just going to talk about Kevin Costner's shitty move to, to go kill himself. We pretty much covered the first episode, I want to say, for the most part. Yeah. What about episode two? What do you feel about episode two? Uh, I mean, I, I actually I enjoyed episode two more than I enjoyed episode one. Episode one had the big death, but episode two had more of like the Superman mythology to it, which I really enjoyed more time in the Fortress of Solitude. It had Adam Strange give him more screen time. He's my favorite character so far, or in the series. Uh, I'm not big on the storyline. With which I can't remember, it's not Nisavex, but the Zod that Segel is with, she overcame her commander, so there'd be a less brutal attack on the slum people of Krypton. But that's the storyline I don't really care for. I could have just cut all that out and done away with it. Yeah, the stuff that I was interested in was definitely the uh, the Fortress of Solitude stuff, um, where basically Superman reads this, or Superman's grandpa reads this sh- uh, shit that says, um, basically, give me your blood and I'll, I'll tell you my secrets and stuff. 
So instead of just like poking a hole in himself and like putting some blood, this dude slices up his entire hand and is just <laughs> squeezing all of his blood onto this thing to, to make it come to life. And he needs to talk to his grandpa who he watched die 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, it's not. He has Adam. We never mentioned this. It happened in the pilot episode. But Adam Strange gives Segel a yes. stone like Superman has and his Fortress of Solitude that lays information. And that's how Segel came up on Fortress of Solitude, which is where basically it was his grandfather's lab, where his grandfather's work on everything that was hidden. Kind of a big plot point that we didn't touch on. But. No, we totally skipped over it, but it, who cares? Um, real quick, where do people sleep on Krypton? Because that is the most uncomfortable looking place ever. Yeah, even when we saw like the people that are part of like the houses, like when we saw like their homes, they don't look comfortable either. Like everything no. looks very sterile. But of course, also too in this world, when you give birth, it's not through procreating. You basically both you and your partner go to this place. You both prick your finger on this thing, and it tells you, and it basically gestates your child for you, names your child, tells you what their occupation's going to be, shows you what they will look like, and when they'll die. Is that not how it works in in our society? No, that's how it works. Okay. So mom didn't lie to me. Thanks, mom. Yeah, yeah just go with that. <laughs> Which, that storyline I'm a little bit interested in. Uh, Segel, uh, Darn Vex, takes Segel under his wing and basically names him to his house and promises all, him off to his youngest daughter. So they're... This is the same guy... Keep in mind, this is the same motherfucker that sentenced his grandpa to die and then and, killed him in front of him. And was also basically, and also was there as both his mom died and his dad died too, sentencing them as well. Oh yeah, he was definitely judge and jury. He was an executioner, but he was judge and jury. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was, I think that's an interesting story that I'm looking forward to. But for me, the biggest thing that I really enjoyed with the first two episodes is I'm just a sucker for like the Superman stuff. I enjoyed seeing the giant S symbol. I loved when Adam Strange uh, brought him Superman's cape. Uh, and it had like that old classic design, kind of like the Richard Donner Superman movies. Uh, I thought those were like nice touches. The fact that they're in Kandor, which is the city of Kandor, which is a bottle city in the Fortress of Solitude. They get shrunk down uh, because it gets cratered. So maybe Kandor's going to die. They mentioned Supergirl some cities. A lot of little references like that that I love throughout. Uh, yeah, uh, as you can probably tell from everything that I've said so far, uh, this was definitely not my cup of tea uh, for my Superman. Not my hashtag, not my Superman. Um, I don't know really what I was expecting out of this. I honestly was not expecting to like it a whole lot. I do want to watch until Brainiac comes in and, and kind of see where it goes. Maybe it's going to get better. But the the main guy, uh, Sagal, got in like nine fights. He just seems like some some punk ass kid who's had all this shitty shit happen to him. And we're just kind of left to look at the wreckage of this dude's life and watch him try and stick up for the little man constantly. So before I ask you like your rating, what was your favorite moment from either of the first two episodes? Um, I think when the credits rolled on the second episode <laughs> was one of my favorite parts. Um, but if I'm, if I'm being truthful, I think, uh, when his parents died at the end of the first episode, I was like, Oh shit, they're, they're playing for keeps. Like they're not fucking around on this show. And then episode two, I thought was much more uneventful, but you got some more Superman stuff in there. So it was cool. But my favorite part was when they killed his parents in front of him. See, for me, and like I don't know if this speaks to the quality of the show or not, 
But whenever they're in the Fortress of Solitude, you see this plant in the background, and it looks just like the Black Death from the Alan Moore Superman story for the man who has everything. I don't know if that was a nice reference. Oh, that's a fantastic story. Yeah. Good, good reference. Yeah. So that was my favorite part, just seeing a plant in the background of the Fortress of Solitude. Knowing one day what could happen. So where would you put this on a scale of one to ten? Man, this is whatever my lowest rating of the season uh, or of the year is. Minus one, like a three. <laughs> like I didn't, I didn't get behind it. Like I said, I started organizing my bookshelf <laughs> instead of watching it. Like I forgot I was watching it. It, it was that rough for me. I'm going to give it a six out of 10. I'll say just because it's, I don't think it's a great superhero show. I think it's a decent sci-fi show. Uh, it, it's different. Obviously than all CW shows different than the Netflix shows. different, obviously than preacher and Legion and shows like that. Uh, so if you're a science fiction fan, I think that you enjoy it, whether you have any background on Superman or not. Uh, I will keep watching until the end of the season. Cause like you, I'm curious about the whole Brainiac thing, but if it doesn't pick up for the end of the season, then I'll probably drop it if it gets second season or not. Let me tell you that sci-fi has done some awful work as of late, other than happy, uh, black lightning. And now this, Oh wait, black lightning with CW. CW. Damn yeah. it. No, I'll say this. And black lightning quality show. Ugh, god damn it. Fuck you. You're so wrong. Um if you're a fan of Superman, I'm sure you'll absolutely love this. You'll you'll cream your little jeans out, I'm sure. I'm sure you'll really, really dig it. Like there's some cool Superman aspects to it. Yeah, I, like, I can appreciate that. But like the slums and stuff are just like, oh hey, look, here's a hole that these people live in. Like Yeah, it's only ten episodes, ugh. which I think is a is too many? good for this show. Oh uh, good. I, I think eight would have been the perfect run. Uh if you ask me, not that anyone did, not that anyone cares, but I'm glad it's not like a 13 episode run or like a 20 plus episode. I definitely couldn't put up with 13 episodes of this. I'm going to give it like three or four before I'm just done with it entirely. All right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for this week's Henchman of Comics. As always, you can email us at henchmanofcomics at gmail.com. You can find us on um, Instagram. Uh, you can find us on Twitter. You can find us on Facebook. That's all I got for you. That's the only places you can find us. You can subscribe on iTunes. Leave us a review. Uh, tell us how much you hate my voice. I mean, yeah, if you want to. But if you say that, please just make it a five-star review. Yeah, a five-star review. I hate Matt. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> That's actually my review. <laughs> for Henchman of Comics, I'm Alex Ashback. I'm Brain Boy. Henchin ain't easy.